Get rid of those old aluminum frame windows. Go to America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. AmericasChoiceWindows.net. I've got an email here. I have recently textured and painted my drywall using knockdown pattern. I have found some spots that need more texture. Can I apply texture over the paint without doing anything to walls to add texture and paint? Yes, you can. You can simply, if it's just painted walls, you can simply texture over the paint. It's not going to hurt a thing. Here's the trick, though. Typically, after you've textured, you put a primer on, then you paint. Make sure you put a primer on where you retexture and then paint. If you don't, what's going to happen is the paint dries to a different sheen where you applied new texture. In other words, if you got a uh, semi-gloss paint on the wall, it may come out looking flat where you simply went over the texture and didn't put a primer on there first. What the primer does is it seals up and absorbs into the texture material because it's really kind of a chalky-like material, and it'll absorb all the moisture quickly. So when you put your paint on, it dries typically a little bit slower and has the proper sheen. But as long as you'll put a primer sealer on it and then paint it, you'll be fine. Your textures should match with, your sheen rather, should match with no problem at all. Now, a lot of times people paint their sheetrock walls with flat. Even flat will come out with a little bit different color. And I hate to use that term color, but it does. The sheen on a flat will actually change a little bit different hue color on, you know, if, if you're going straight into the texture itself. So even then, make sure you use a primer first. But if you'll do that, it's no problem at all. You can definitely texture over a painted surface. Let's talk with Vicki. How can I help you today? How are you? Um, I'm doing great. We're thinking about putting a new roof on the house. And in the last couple of years, all the neighbors have been doing the same thing. My house is 17 years old. And we're planning on selling in a couple of years. So we're starting to plan all these things to fix up. And the neighbors have all been doing it with these. They're, they're coming to us and saying, you got to get a free roof. you got to get a free roof. These people are going around saying that they'll pay your deductible and it's no money out of pocket. They just do it. and You get a free roof. And I'm like, man, that just doesn't sound right. It just sounds like a scam. It so is. I just never went for it. So recently, in the last couple of weeks, I had this guy come to the door, and he offered the same thing. And I said, yeah, I don't even know if I approve, get approved for a free roof or whatever. And he said, he said, well, who's your insurance company? I said, USAA. And he goes, I got the number in the truck. Let's call them. And I, I was like, okay, we can call them. So we called them. They came out, and they said, yes, you are approved for a roof from the ice storm that was, like, last March or something. And um, he was a pretty fast talker. And anyway, when I, USAA came by and they said, yes, this is what, you know, we're going to allow you for uh, the roof, and then we'll send you a check, and you can get estimates to do whatever you want. And I said, okay. So I called this guy back, and I said, I said, yeah, I got approved. I said, but now I need to get an estimate from you. And he goes, oh, no, that's not how we do things. And I said, what do you mean that's not how you do things? Don't, don't people get estimates for stuff like that? And he said, he said, yeah, but see, I'm doing you a favor. I'm giving you a free roof. We're paying your deductible. It's $3,000, and you don't even have to worry about a thing. And I said, well, how long's the warranty? And he said, it's 10 years. And I said, my husband just put a new roof on our rent house, and it was a 25-year warranty. 
and I don't even know what kind of shingles you're using. And it just the whole thing just sounds. I'm wondering, is this even a, is this even legal? No. Okay. And, and the first way you can tell it's not legal, when they start saying they're going to pay your deductible, yeah, it's a felony. Okay, because because you are committing insurance so fraud. And I went ahead and signed the papers. I was like, oh, okay, and I didn't talk to my husband about it. And of course, my husband got on. He goes, don't ever sign anything without talking to me first. But um, I signed the papers, and so then when I talked to my husband about it, he goes, you. He set me straight because it was a scam. Yeah. And so when I called the, the guy back and I said, okay, I got approved. I didn't tell him how much we were getting. I said, but I do need a, an estimate. And he said, no, 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 I'm taking care of everything. And I was worried that he was going to hold me to that binding contract that I signed. And if it's illegal, then he can't hold me to it, correct? Well, there, there's two things that will keep him from being able to hold you to it. One, you're married. And in Texas, in or in on a on a home, in order for uh -huh. him to really hold you to it, it requires both signatures. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, good. And uh, otherwise, he could never. He can't put a lien or anything on the property. But okay. more so, yes, he cannot. He cannot legally go out and sell, saying that he's going to pay your deductible. There's a lot of companies out there who do this, and one of the reasons they get away with it is. We have no contractor licensing in Texas. The roofing industry has been trying to get itself regulated for years, but there's this big group who pull these scams who stand in the way of getting any type of regulation or anything on that industry, and so okay. they keep preying up upon the public. But when, when you took out your insurance policy, you have a set deductible that is supposed to go towards that roof. It's $2,700. Okay. If you don't pay that deductible and let the insurance, you know, just pay for the for the entire roof, you've committed uh -huh. insurance fraud. Okay. Okay. And so have because, they. Right. Okay. And then there was one other little tidbit that he said, uh, he said, listen, we're not going to do a shabby job or anything. We're number one on Angie's list and with the Better Business Bureau. So my husband went online to look at that to just to verify maybe he is a decent roofer, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not even listed as a preferred vendor of any kind on Angie's List. Now, he was on Angie's List with a couple of reviews. One was an F, mm, <laughs> and, yeah. and, one, and one was an A+. Plus. So that his business card's a scam as well. Yep. Very, so I thought, and, and, well, nothing else, you know, his card's a scam, so he can't hold me to anything that I signed. So, well, and we it, it, and, and the funny thing is, we haven't heard from him since. So, and you I'm haven't and you haven't given him any money, correct? Oh no, nothing. Okay, it, it, again, and I'm not an attorney, but in order for there to be a legally binding contract on home improvement, funds have That's to change hands. Okay. And really, what happens when we have those storms that come through, people come out of the, the woodwork from all kinds of different cities and states and industries. Yeah, and, and they're all roofing experts here today, gone tomorrow. Or, or fencing, or fencing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you don't use a local contractor, when you have an issue, say, two or three years from now, a, a minor leak appears. And it can happen with anybody. But a minor leak appears. You call them up and they say, oh, well, we're not servicing that area any longer. Okay. You're, still, you're left holding the bag. 
right. deal with a deal with a reputable local guy. Well, I sure do appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great afternoon. You too. Kate had a question on painting brick, and you can paint brick. It definitely can be done. There are special paints for painting masonry, brick, and things like that. The most important part is the primer that you use. If you use just a regular primer, what will happen is it tends to get moisture into the brick over time. And, and that's why we have weep holes at the bottom because moisture goes through brick, travels down the backside, and comes out the weep holes. The brick ledge is an inch and a half lower than the floor inside the home. So when you paint the brick, you got to make sure to use the right stuff so it doesn't peel on you later. And, you know, most of your box stores don't necessarily carry what you need for painting brick. You got to go into a regular paint store, uh, Sherwin-Williams, Benjamin Franklin, Kelly Moore. Go into one of the real paint stores and get what you need for painting brick. Again, the primer is where it's at. That's what's gonna seal it and keep moisture from getting behind it and ad adhere to the masonry and not peel off. If you, if you don't follow those, you, you're, just, you're just gonna be chasing yourself time and time again. And here's the problem, once you do it wrong, it is very difficult to correct because Yes, it'll peel off in one area. You'll fix that area and use the right primer there. And a year later, another area is peeling. And it's, you're just forever chasing your tail. Do it right the first time. You know, before we went to break, uh, I had called up for Rabu. And he had a question, dust out of his vents. And this is a kind of a common problem that people have, especially during winter months because there's two things that can cause it one it can happen during summer or winter there's a leak in the ductwork and as the air is blowing by it's sucking in dust from the attic and blowing it into your living space typically that dust is going to be kind of a light gray color almost whitish in color and that simply means you got to get your ductwork repaired. Now, if it's old ductwork, in other words, the stuff that was the old gray flex duct, it more than likely needs to be replaced. That old gray flex duct, the outer shell deteriorates, falls apart, and you got to get rid of it. And this was mostly put in around in the 80s. Um, if it's a blackish colored dust coming out and you have a gas heating system get somebody out to check it right away because your flame's not burning properly and it's picking up soot and blowing that soot into the house and that's a, a true indication that you've got a problem with your heating system that needs to be addressed sooner than later it can become a dangerous situation, so definitely get that checked right away. Uh, again, a lot's going to depend on the color of the dust, though. The more common problem, though, is leaking ductwork. You know, if, if we went back to the 90s and even the early 2000s, ductwork leaked 20% of our air into the attic. Since then, policies and rules have changed on how to seal and how to install stuff where it's not near as big a problem, but as the ductwork ages, it can get leaks 
that have to be repaired. And that's the reason I say get it checked out. Hello and welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Jim is out and I am in. This is Todd Tremonti from Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team. Jim's spending some time with family this weekend and he's called in a reliever. So Brian and I will be with you, hanging out, talking home improvement, talking home values. As you know, you can give us a call anytime with your home improvement questions. And today you can give us a call with any of your real estate questions. Brian's got a question for us right now. Yeah, I had a question that just came in from Joe from Fort Worth, and he was asking about converting, we get this a lot, converting a house, uh, the garage, into an extra room on the house. He, his issue, and I'll paraphrase, his issue was it's so expensive now that the values are up. Yep. He just wants to stay in his house. Yep. He just needs an extra room. What are the, uh, what's the good and bad on that? Well, it's funny that you say that because I had this exact conversation. Well, I had this conversation once or twice a week, but I had this conversation with, with Chris Kroc, good buddy of oh, ours, okay. good buddy of the show. Um, listen, there's, there are so many places in and around Fort Worth, North Dallas, uh, northeast edge of the Metroplex, Faro, Alito. I mean, there's so many areas where home values have come up so quickly and so dramatically that that's the right question to be asking. Should I add on to my house instead of moving? I, I'm not thrilled with my house. I, maybe I need some more space. Maybe I need one more room. Maybe I don't need more square footage. I just need to use it differently. Right. Well, to be honest with you, and listen, I, I get paid when I help people sell houses. So trust me, this is unbiased, as much as I may like to be biased. In 2016, I told more people that they probably should stay in their home, remodel, maybe add on, maybe convert something than I have in my entire career. And the reason is because that was the right thing to do. That was the right thing to tell them. Now, that's not true for everyone in North Texas. Nothing is true for everyone. But the fact of the matter is if you're in one of those pockets that's been really hot and you've seen 8 or 9 or higher percent annual appreciation, it's very difficult to leave a home that you're comfortable in, but not it's not perfect, to move to a brand new house to gain a small margin of benefit. One more bedroom, a little bit larger living room, a spot to park one more car. You know, a lot of times adding on or converting is the most cost-effective thing if you're already happy. Now, here's the difference. If you're not thrilled with other aspects of your home, then you're not going to be thrilled once you solve that one issue. And so you probably should consider... How much could I get for my house? You can go to valuethishouse.com and find that out right now. How much could I get for my house? And then what's it going to cost me to get the house with the benefits I'm looking for? It, 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 listen, prices have been rising for a long time. That is something that you need to consider more than before where it was just a no-brainer sell and go buy. You know, if you're looking for something bigger, you need to think about that and be more methodical. Make sure you talk to a real estate professional. Now, if you're downsizing... Man, this is a heck of a time to do that. Oh, yeah. Don't cut a part of your house off or just stop using it. Sell, capitalize on a hot, hot market, and then go buy a smaller home and limit your overhead and be happier anyway. So it's not true for everyone, but it's more true for more people than it's ever been in North Texas before that it might be better for you to convert a garage. Now, on, on garage conversions, let me give you one or two other thoughts. Don't be lazy about a garage conversion or it will be more of a negative than a positive. If I walk into a garage conversion and I can feel the grade and the slope of that floor out towards what used to be or what is still the driveway, uh, then I'm not thrilled with what you did there. If you never ran air conditioning to it and I've got outdoor outlets, a window unit, discolored yes. hanging off the wall <laughs> right. and an outdoor door getting, getting in between there and the rest of the house and I got a huge step down and the walls are awkward, 
and you didn't do it right, then don't do it at all. Half measures on a garage conversion are not wise. Uh, just got an email question from Julie in Arlington. They want to sell their house. They have foundation problems, the stuff we hear about all the time on the right. show. Should they have it fixed and then sell, or what should they do on that? It's a great question. First, let me say, if you've got questions about foundation, give us a call right now. Jim's out, but he's got his guys out here in the booth right next to us. We'd be happy to answer one of those questions. 800-288-9227. The question about selling a home, should I fix it before I sell it? If you if you forced me to give you a one-word answer, I'd say yes. Now, that's not always the case, but the fact of the matter is, you know, 75% or more of the homes that sell, the buyer's going to have a mortgage. And if the buyer needs a mortgage, then the appraisal and the loan approval process is going to say, we don't want to give you a loan for a house that has a busted foundation. So by all means, you need to have somebody come out and look at it right away. Now, you might have a good, honest contractor like Due West that might say, you know what, it's really not that bad. You need to get some drip on this, and we can resettle this. Hey, that's mostly just signs of settlement and seasonal shifting. There's nothing major to do here. But if there's something to be done, if it's significant, you're probably going to need to do that before you sell your home because a buyer's probably not going to be able to get a loan for your home. Now, if you find a cash buyer, they might take it as is, but as you know, most buyers view foundation damage as a bigger problem than it really is. Right. It's more of an obstacle to getting top dollar and selling quickly than if you had just bit the bullet, paid the price, got it fixed. A lot of times you'll find it's not as expensive as you think because a lot of it is maintenance related. So I would say have somebody. Was it Julie we're talking yes. about? So especially in Arlington. Arlington's most of North Texas is known for our clay soils, and there's just a lot of shifting. So this time of year we've got a lot of moisture People are starting to think about getting their homes back on the market and in the spring, and everyone's got that wet season shifting. So I'd have somebody come out and look at it before I did anything to get it on the market. You know, if you're thinking about selling, you can get over to overunderagent.com, and we'll come out and give you our opinion, but we're probably going to tell you to go ahead and have a professional come out and give you a written opinion because that way if the professional says you don't need to do work, then we want to have written verification from a pro so we can pass that on to our buyer. If they say you do need work, we want to know, we want to have that written and detailed. So even if you can't afford to do it right now or you won't afford to do it right now, we want to give a very clear picture to the buyer of exactly what they are buying. And, hey, it's only a $2,600 problem. This isn't a $20,000. Right. Sounds like we've got Debbie back on the line. How can I help you, Debbie? Yes. I live in a 1970s town hall, and I live over um, in a great area between Kirby and Buffalo. Speedway, yeah, um, near the bayou. Great area. So anyway, I found a water leak a week ago, mm-hmm. and in that water leak, we traced it back to the drain in the original tub. Mm-hmm. So, in in problem solving, it was the decision was made that I'm going to do a bathroom remodel. Okay. Because to fix it, it's pretty expensive. Got to tear it down. And anyway. Right. So it's kind of like, do I spend 50% on, do I spend, you know, 5000 on the fix, or do I spend 10000 on a remodel? Right. And I decided I'm doing a remodel. So I guess I'm wanting to know, I've always heard bathrooms are, you usually get that back when you sell your home. Mm-hmm. And then if you have any idea, and if you do just, I know this is all personal preferences, but if you do not... Um, expensive materials but if you do say average Mm -hmm. materials you know what's the is there a range that you're familiar with on bathroom uh 
remodels. Uh, it's just difficult to know where to start. I've yep. gotten some contractors, but they're all over the place. Yep. Let and me I, give I you... Defined, go, go ahead. ahead. I've, defi- I, I've learned, I, I got very specific to define the scope so that each contractor right. was trying to bid on, in fairness, to bid on the same thing. Right. Let me give you a couple of thoughts, and hopefully though you can find some value in there somewhere. Hopefully you can find value in all of it. Um, since you've made the decision to do the remodel, we'll, we'll just talk uh, about that being a reality. Now, first things first, it, what do you think your property, and you don't have to share this on, on the radio if you don't want to, but, well, tell you, tell you what, we're coming to a break here. I'll give you some advice on materials and how to control your cost and how to gauge what's the right budget for your remodel when we come back. If you'll hang with us through the break, I'll, oh, I'll give you that info when we get back. Debbie, we were talking about your options when it comes to determining a budget for your remodel on a bathroom. Now, I want to give you a couple of different angles on that. Number one, you are right. Generally speaking, you're going to get your money back on a bathroom. Now, the area that you're living in is such a, such a fun area. There's so much positive action happening in that real estate market, as well as just the fun of living in that area. Let me ask you real quick, a little bit more specific, so I can give you a better answer. How many bedrooms and bathrooms do you have? So I have two. Uh, I have two bedrooms, and they're okay. big. Okay. I mean, they're, this is the 1970s, and the square right. footage in the bedrooms are great. Right. So I have two, two and a half bathrooms. I have a half bath downstairs, and I have two upstairs. Right. I have 1,750 square feet. Great. I can tell you what they've recently sold for, okay. my size. Yeah, let me have it. And, and they recently have sold between 275 and 280. Okay. Okay, that gives it's me hard good to believe, information. Isn't it? It is. I mean, it's such a sweet spot. That's why I almost didn't want to. I almost didn't want to jinx it on on the radio. But if you're thinking about selling, I'll talk it up for you. But real real quick. Um, well, wh- I don't. I don't know if I'm going to sell. But what I do want right. to do is I don't want to. First of all, I'm not interested in putting chandeliers in my bathroom. I want to <laughs> do. I'm doing something clean. I'm doing, you know, I'm, right. but I want to upgrade it. Okay, okay, got it. Now, r- one last question, and then I'll give you some information. Is this kind of the master bathroom, or is this what you would consider the, the second or guest bathroom? Um, they, they're interchangeable, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. the problem. Okay, the, the, no, I, I totally get so, it. That gives me what I need this to know. Is a, this, so this bathroom is uh, from kind of wall to wall. Okay. That um, is... Ten by five. Got it. The okay. shower. The shower. I'm I'm taking the tub out and I'm going to put a sh- walk-in shower. Okay. Tile shower. And you've got plenty and of bathrooms to do that. So let me give you a couple of quick thoughts. Number one, you're in an upwardly mobile area. That area is going to explode at any moment, and you're you're going to be good. So if you want to spend a little bit more, you can. You will get a return on that. So I'll tell you, as long as you do it right and you choose materials and, and a layout that are relatively common that are going to be likable to a broad audience. Normally that's, you know, neutral colors, uh, travertine-type material, whether it's ceramic or porcelain or true travertine. Anything in that range of – I would go to floor and decor and pick out my own materials. That's what I would do. That's actually what I do. Um, that doesn't mean you have to buy them, but know what you want to use. Then that way when you're shopping pricing between different contractors, you're operating basically on a cost-plus basis. Some contractors might give you just their labor cost, you'll know the materials cost because you've already gone and taken a peek at that. Other contractors might give you a project cost, and that's fine, 
because you'll be able to back out the material cost for the most part, the primary materials like tile or granite or, or doors or Well, faucet. and let me share something. This is the contracting bids that I've been getting, and maybe mm-hmm. I did this wrong, but they it was I'm buying the vanity, I'm buying the tile. You're buying all the materials. I am buying the materials. They are yep. providing basic grout paint, right. uh, shower I, I think you did it the right way if that's how you did it. Now, there are other that's ways to do it, it, and that's okay. But what I'm saying is that's how I would do it. Now, I would I would check out Floor & Decor just because they have such a wide range of materials, and they have such okay. an amazing quantity. And there's there's a store that's not terribly far from you. So Floor & Decor is where I would start so that you have a real good feel for what you want and your materials cost. And then that way you'll know what the total cost range will be based on their labor and their assessment of time. Expect it to take a little bit longer than they say. But the, my, the couple of things I want to share with you is you're in an area where if you want to spend a little bit more, I mean, I wouldn't do a $40,000 bathroom, but if you wanted to spend a few thousand dollars more to get exactly what you want, you will get that back when you sell it unless you choose something way out of the range of what most people are going to like. Now, um, you are going to see a wide range of, of, uh, of pricing on the, even just the labor if you go to someone that's a, a bathroom specialist versus a general contractor. Now, that's going to exactly. be your preference, like you said. I prefer to use a specialist. That doesn't have to mean that it's going to cost more. As a matter of fact, if you find the right type of specialist that works in your area a lot, knows what type of materials and what the challenges are, you should be able to save some money doing that. I would say you should be able to do that bathroom conversion from a tub to a walk-in shower with a nice top and sinks and floor and everything for well under $10,000. Is that in line with what you're getting on quotes? I'm actually getting, um, and I am putting a frameless uh, glass door. That'll that'll Um, bump it up. (laughs) Right. But what I'm finding is I'm getting contract, you know, material costs that I've estimated on my part are between $2,500 to $3,000. Yeah, that shouldn't be too uh, far off. Um, and then, and that's been my budget. And right. then I'm, my difficulty is I'm getting contractor prices, you know, between 8000 and $17,000. Uh, so, somewhere in that six, seven, eight range is probably accurate. Now, the frameless, depending on the setup of your room, could easily bump that up a thousand or two we're heading to a break hopefully that was helpful for you debbie i really appreciate the call we had a caller that called in that wanted to take out a fireplace (laughs) and i wanted your opinion on that i know what jim told him yeah uh and i liked his answer but i wanted your thoughts on a fireplace because i know in houston you don't burn fires a whole lot but what does that do when somebody's searching for a house yeah well i'll give you um first of all First of all, I love fireplaces. So I grew up in Northwest Houston, I-45, 1960 area, where I remember snow one time in my entire youth, but we lit a fire anytime the temperature crept below like 81. So listen, people love fireplaces, whether you're in Texas or not. So generally speaking, I would say a home without a fireplace is strange, and strange does not lend itself towards great value. So if the short answer is I would not take out a fireplace unless I was putting one back in. And if I took a big one out, I'd at least put a small one back in. Hey, Larry, how are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I have a house. Uh, we had it built. It's Park the Cypress 290 area. Okay. They are built about 13 years ago. And uh, the tile is starting to, to scratch and buckle all over the place. It's uh, virtually my whole downstairs tile. So when uh, I found out that it's uh, basically a defective tile job that was uh, performed 
Okay. Uh, my wife and I are getting, we're going to be moving probably in a two years or so, probably no more than two years. And uh, the cost to rip the pile out and retile, probably the best price I've got was around uh, $10,000. Uh, the price to rip the pile out and put laminate back in is significantly less, maybe, uh, you know, like five, $6,000 less. Right. I wonder how that would affect, how either one would affect the selling resale price for the house. Yeah, you're asking a very smart question because a lot of people ask this question too late or they never ask it and they make the wrong choice. Let me ask you one or two questions before I give you a very simple, clear answer. Sure. What kind of square footage are we talking about? How much tile would you be ripping up? It would be, uh, I think it's they, they measured it, and it's around 876 square feet. Okay, so are we talking like kitchen, living, formal dining, or, or what What rooms are we talking about? Uh, it's kitchen, uh, living, hall, study, and two bathrooms, and laundry room. Okay, and you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to, but, but can you give me a range of the price point that you think your home would probably sell in? Uh, I think about $175,000. It would be perfectly fine for you to go with the laminate. It will not hurt you on your resale value at all. It possibly could help you, but it oh. would. It sounds like based on your quotes, you would absolutely be saving money. Oh, so yeah. I think that's a perfectly adequate choice to make. There are certain price points and categories of homes where laminate is really not a wise choice. Uh, and I would say you could probably investigate further where you could get that tile redone more affordably than what you're being told. But if you're, if you're excited about or leaning towards wanting that laminate anyway, and your size and price point in the area where your home is, I know it very, very well, uh, laminate could serve you very well. Now, let me give you one other thought just to think about. If you wanted to go back with tile just in the primary kitchen area and laminate in the other places, that would be the only kind of in-between measure I would take. But I can sure. tell you confidently, if you ended up going with laminate in those living areas at that price point, you'll be very happy you did. So hopefully that's valuable for you. I appreciate the call. Sure. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.